Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that, honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of how and why this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. This week's story is a listener suggestion. Thank you to Adam for bringing Blue Story to my attention. It is listeners like you that keep the podcast going. This is an incredibly heartbreaking story, one we hear time and time again. Why women, mothers, bring these monsters into their children's lives. It never ceases to anger me how a mother could choose their new partner over the safety and lives of their own children. December 2022. On what should have been his sixth birthday, Blue's grandmother attended his mother's home in Morrow, Arkansas to pick up Blue and his sister for a fun birthday weekend with her and their father, Dustin. Unfortunately, Blue never got a sixth birthday. His mother's boyfriend had allegedly murdered him months earlier, and his beloved and protective big sister had been so severely burnt and beaten she could no longer walk. This is a developing story, and we're waiting for the trial of both Blue's mother and mother's boyfriend. And I hope that Blue's father, grandmother and sister will see some justice for Blue. Whether that be the death penalty, that remains to be seen, but nothing will bring their Blue back. I will do an update episode at the end of the year and post in the Facebook group to keep you all updated on what happens here. This is Blue's Story. Good evening and thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Stephanie Skurlock. Greg is off. This sadness comes after the body of a six-year-old boy was discovered under a wooden floor in a home. WREG's Mike Suriani reports and he shows us what happened in court today for the two people now charged in the crime. This picture of 28-year-old Ashley Rowland with two black eyes was taken Monday morning as she was booked into the St. Francis County Jail. She, along with Nathan Bridges, are both charged with capital murder in the death of a six-year-old boy whose body was found beneath the floor inside this house in Morrow, Arkansas. Both Roland and Bridges appeared in court Monday where they were ordered held without bond. The boy's body was found late Friday night by deputies who contacted the Arkansas State Police. Blue Roland was born December 16, 2016, to parents Ashley and Dustin Roland in Arkansas. He would be the second child born to the couple who married a year earlier, while Roland was heavily pregnant with their first child, Taylor. So from what I could gather, Taylor and Blue are what you call Irish twins, siblings born in the same year. As these stories generally go, the stress of two young children in life, it's challenging for any relationship. And Roland and Dustin would separate and then divorce in June 2021. 
Roland being given primary custody of the two children. Dustin would move out of the family home and move in with his mother, Karen Rowland, while Roland would remain with the children at 211 Front Street in Morrow, Arkansas, located around 85 miles east of Little Rock. Early 2022, 28-year-old Ashley Rowland would enter into a new relationship with 33-year-old Nathan Bridges, and he would quickly move in with Rowland and her two children, 6-year-old Taylor and 5-year-old Blue. Now, as part of the divorce and Roland's custody arrangement, she would be responsible for coordinating the visitation with the children's father, 30-year-old Dustin Rowland. And this seemed to be going great. Well, that was before Bridges moved in with Roland and the children. September 14, 2022. Dustin filed a complaint about being refused visitation. That even though there was no scheduled court-ordered visitation, it was at Roland's discretion. But Dustin had not been allowed to see his children. For the last few months, every time Dustin went to pick up Taylor and Blue... Roland always had an excuse why the children could not go with him. They weren't at home or they were sick. And at the last attempt to gain access to his children, Bridges put a gun on him to get Dustin off the property. Roland was served with this complaint at her home on September 27, 2022. Now, obviously, there would have been some panic there for Roland. If the courts got back involved with custody, she would have to explain where Blue was. So in response to Dustin's complaint and in an effort to buy herself more time, she filed a response nearly a month later. In her response, Roland alleged her ex-husband had failed to pay child support and he showed up to visitations under the influence of alcohol. And this is why she withheld the children from him. Now, for what it's worth, Dustin has denied these allegations. He has said he has paid child support every month without fail since the divorce and he would never be drunk when he was responsible for the children. Look, I don't know one way or the other about the drinking allegation, but child support. I think that would be easily proved one way or the other. So, if he had been paying what he was supposed to, Dustin could have easily disproved Roland's claims. Regardless, because of the gun situation only weeks earlier, the police advised Dustin not to attend his ex-wife's home So instead, Dustin's mother, Karen, would make the fortnightly visits to the Morrow home to try and see the children. Karen would also start her own legal battle to gain some sort of custody of her grandchildren. Karen herself would admit that she paid a ridiculous amount of money on lawyers, but it was all worth it. Because early December 2022, she got a court order. A court order that stipulated that Roland must hand over Taylor and Blue to her every other weekend. See, because Dustin didn't have any court-ordered custody, there was nothing he could do. But Karen had a court order, and she was ready to see her grandbabies. Friday, December 16th, 2022, on what would have been Blue's sixth birthday. Karen pulled up in front of 211 Front Street Morrow, ready to pick up Taylor and Blue for the court-ordered weekend visitation. The first since the court order was granted. Roland was waiting for her and she insisted that Karen couldn't take the children, that Blue was at a friend's home and Taylor had hurt herself and couldn't walk. Karen was not taking no for an answer. She was taking her grandchildren regardless what excuses Roland had. She was concerned for their safety. Quote, 
I heard Taylor whimpering. Of course, I didn't know what was going on and I bust through the door myself because I didn't like the whimpering. Sounded like she was hurting. Unquote. Karen would be shocked at what she saw, at just why Taylor was crying. Karen called the police because Blue wasn't there and she feared he was dead. She put Taylor in the car. Her six-year-old granddaughter's entire body had severe burns. Her hair had been cut into a buzz cut and her scalp was covered in scabs. The little girl's clothing was soaked in urine and her mother was honest about one thing. Taylor could barely walk. As soon as Karen got her into the car, all Taylor asked for was for some water and for something to eat. Karen knew her granddaughter needed medical attention and drove her straight to the hospital. Quote, I told her that she was safe and just the look on her face was sheer terror. Unquote. Karen drove Taylor to Forest City Hospital, but due to her condition, she was transferred to Laybourne Her Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. Taylor's injuries would be much worse than Karen could have realised. Taylor was malnourished and weighed just 30 pounds, when she should have weighed more like 45 pounds, the average weight of a six-year-old girl. Taylor had puncture wounds like scissors had poked through her head. She had ligature marks around her neck, like someone had attempted to strangle her. Bite marks on her legs. Second and third degree burns on her arms, chest and feet. That Taylor told her grandmother was caused by Bridges throwing boiling water on her. Fluid on her brain that could have only been caused by heavy impact to her head. Several fractured ribs and an old fracture to her leg that didn't mend correctly. It was clear to doctors that Taylor had been abused over the course of months. Most likely from the moment Bridges moved into their family home. But she has three cracked ribs, um, a wrist old fracture in her hand, and then it still hurts her, so it's hard to grab her by her hand. Karen said the little girl, whose name is Taylor, had stab wounds from being forced to get her hair cut. A haircut she said the little girl told her was for punishment. She had uh, the light stabs from the scissors, from the trying to cut her hair in, the, in her, her head, and her nose is all cut up, all, all splashed from the water, and it's just was devastating, um, sores on top of her ears. Police arrested the kid's mom, 28-year-old Ashley Rolland, and her boyfriend, 33-year-old Nathan Bridges. According to the Lee County Affidavit, Bridges is accused of holding the girl under hot water for punishment in the bathtub, claiming she had behavioral issues. My mother said that she, that he bent her backwards and uh, put the hot water and let her run on her chest and held her back of her head. The concern now was where was Blue? News spreads fast in Morrow, and before the police could get there, Roland's father and oddly Bridges' ex-wife, Rebecca Fitting, arrived at the home to find out what was going on. Now, it is possible Roland called them herself. It's not exactly clear. That's my theory anyway. My reasoning behind this is because it seemed that Roland wanted to talk maybe just to get her version of events out there to protect herself. To get people on her side, I don't know. But Roland would tell Rebecca that more than three months earlier, September 7th, 2022, 
that Blue had come out of the bathroom with his face and body swelling and he was foaming at the mouth before he collapsed and died. Roland then told Rebecca that she didn't know what to do. Not what any normal parent would do if their son was in that condition, that's for certain. She didn't call emergency services. She didn't call the paramedics. No. Instead, she had buried Blue under the floorboards in the hallway of their home. It was 10.45pm at this point, and the Lee County Sheriff's Office deputies had arrived. They had met at the door by Roland's father, Timmy Childers. He told police then and there that his daughter had told him the boy was dead inside the home, and described where she had said he was. It seems like everyone was so calm about this. Where is the shock and panic? If someone had told me this had happened, I'd be outside screaming for help. I am completely bewildered how everyone is behaving here. At that information, the deputies knew they were in over their head and called for special agents from the Arkansas State Police Criminal Investigation Division to assist them with a forensic investigation. And with that, the home was deemed a crime scene. In the home, in the hallway, the floorboards were fresh and you are in one area. These floorboards were removed. Under the first layer of dirt, they found a child's flip-flop, a red and blue blanket and the undeniable stench of human decomposition. Authorities removed more flooring and dirt and discovered what was left of a small human body, wrapped in multiple layers of plastic bags. Blue's body was transferred to the Arkansas State Crime Lab for the medical examiner to perform an autopsy. The results of this autopsy have not been made public, but it is believed he was abused like his sister and died a violent death. More information will likely be released at trial. The next day, December 17, 2022, Blue's mother, Ashley Rowland, and her boyfriend, Nathan Bridges, were arrested on charges of capital murder, abuse of a corpse, tampering with physical evidence, endangering the welfare of a minor, and battery. Rowland also faces two additional felony charges of permitting child abuse. In the state of Arkansas, charges of capital murder can result in the death penalty. In her mugshot, Roland is sporting quite a sizable black eye. The story out there is an inmate did this to her, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And according to town rumour that I've been made privy to, it's entirely untrue. However, the inmate story is the official story that is out there, so we'll leave it at that for now. Remember, this criminal trial is still pending and everything is alleged. In questioning, Roland had changed her story changed her story to remove herself completely from being involved. Roland told authorities that she was in another room when the incident happened, but would later be told that Bridges intentionally stuck his finger in Blue's mouth and Blue had bit him. That as punishment, Bridges would force Blue into the bathroom and shove his head into the toilet, holding Blue's head under the water until he stopped struggling. After a time, Bridges left Blue, and when Roland went into the bathroom to check on her son, He was lying on the floor in front of the toilet. He was wet and unconscious and barely breathing. His body was limp. However, she did not attempt to help Blue or get him medical attention. Roland then told authorities that Bridges then cut a hole in their wooden floor, dug a hole in the ground and buried a deceased Blue under the house. Roland also told authorities that Bridges was responsible for the injuries to Taylor, saying he would also hold her underwater as punishment for her behavioural issues. 
When it was Bridges' turn to be interrogated, he refused to answer any questions relating to Blue or Taylor, or anything for that matter. Until their trial and sentencing, Nathan Bridges would be held at the Lee County Jail and Ashley Rowland at St Francis Jail. So where are we now? Well, unfortunately, as we know, justice is slow and it does take time. Rowland has waived her right to a speedy trial. This may be to nut out a deal where she will testify against Bridges for a lesser sentence. I guess that will remain to be seen as we get closer to their separate trials. They are being tried separately. For Rowland, that'll be sooner rather than later. Jury selection and pre-trial begins in a few weeks for her, September 19th and her trial is due to commence October 23, 2023. And for Bridges, his lawyer has filed some motions in the case, some very unusual ones at that. One is a request to limit the witnesses that the state uses against Bridges, and not just the number of witnesses, but the actual witnesses, to Blue's grandmother, Karen Rowland, Rowland's father, Timmy Childers, his ex-wife, Rebecca Fitting, and Ashley Rowland. Now, these motions are only part of a brief. They won't necessarily be accepted by the judge. Another is a request to take the death penalty off the table, because the prosecution have said they are seeking the death penalty for Bridges. But the defence is stating that it's not constitutional, and yet, murdering an innocent five-year-old is apparently. Add on to that, the defence wants to eliminate a death-qualified jury. Now, I had to Google this because I'd never heard of this before. But according to Cornwall University, a death-qualified jury is a jury pronounced fit to decide a capital case, which this is. And these jurors aren't strictly against capital punishment, but they also don't believe a capital murder charge should always result in the death penalty. And what that means for Bridges, when the prosecution is questioning potential jurors, if this motion is granted, they couldn't exclude someone for not believing in the death penalty. And this is Bridges' defence team basically trying to save his life. Which, I mean, we don't even have all the details of what he did to Little Blue. It's already horrific what we do know and what happened to this child and his big sister. Now, this last one is the most baffling for me. And honestly, I doubt this will be granted by the judge. But Bridges' defence team wants precluded from evidence any photo. And that's not just the photo themselves, but any reference to the photo's existence. But any crime scene photos, Blue's autopsy photos, or any photo of Blue depicting blood or wounds. Because poor little Bridges, that'll just get the jury all emotional and angry and won't serve any purpose. For him, obviously. The defence said in the motion that the location where Blue was found can be described using a diagram only. Again, this is just a brief, and I doubt this will be granted. These photos do have a lot of benefit for the jury and judge to understand what happened to Blue and why. I've never seen this being allowed before. I think at best they may meet in the middle and only show the photos in black and white. But those photos will be used as evidence by the state. As at the time of this recording, there is no trial date for Nathan Bridges. Blue's father, Dustin, is obviously devastated at the loss of his son. Quote, I wish I could have been there a long time ago, but it was her holding me back from the children. I don't want anyone thinking it was my fault. I love my kids very much. Unquote. Taylor is currently in his and his mother Karen's care. A funeral service was held for Blue on January 2nd, 2022 at the Morgan Funeral Home Chapel in Forest City, Arkansas. 
In Blue's obituary, his father and grandmother made it very clear how they felt about Roland. The Blue was survived by his father, Dustin Roland, his paternal grandmother, Karen Roland, his maternal grandfather, Timmy Childers, and his beloved older sister, Taylor Roland. And he was predeceased by his mother, Ashley Childers. To the Roland family, she is dead to them and no longer deserving of their family name. Fly high, sweet little Blue. Justice is coming. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Mayu.